Yeah. Yeah. And I think back to Miguel of like, we are, we as the audience in Spider Society, it seems, are just supposed to believe what he said. Like we as the audience, we don't have that history that he may have with, um, what's her name? Issa Rae's character. Um, I'm blanking out on her name. We, um, we don't have oh Jessica Drew. Thank you. We don't have that relationship that Jessica Drew has with Miguel that may have a history of like knowing like, hey, I have the bigger picture. I know why he's saying X, Y, or Z. We don't have that as the audience. We're just sort of like supposed to believe him. Supposed to mm -hmm. ex accept that, hey, he says Miles is the anomaly, that Miles is the one who's sort of threatening the whole Spider-Verse, that if there are enough canon events that don't occur because of Miles, that it'll all crumble. We're supposed to just like accept this because... Miguel said it so. And I know that you know, similar to myself as um, an educator, every year we get a new crop of kiddos. And even if I had your older brother, your older sister, your cousin, and they may be like, oh, Mr. Pierre, Mr. Nay, Coach Beal is fantastic. That new kiddo is like, I don't know them. So just because big bro or big sis says that you're fantastic, that what does that mean to me? I have to create this relationship and see like, will you be fair with me? Will you treat me supposedly like you've treated the others? And we as the audience and Miles included is like, uh, no, I'm not going to let my dad die. <laughs> I don't know if the rest of y'all are okay with that, but I'm not. No, I'm, I'm going to try to save my dad. And for everyone to be like, no, Miles, just like fall in line. That to me was another issue where I was just like, man, I really like this character. I really like his motives. I really like that he, when it comes to family and that belonging that we see, like that is like at the core of him. He is one who, he's going to fight for his people. And I, I, and I think that's that juxtaposition between him and Gwen is like, I wish she would have fought more for him. Like you were a person who knew him. Peter B as well. I've got some feelings about him of like, man, I wish you would have fought more for Miles too and be like, no, 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 Miles is different. You may say he's the anomaly, but like we can trust him, like bring him in. We don't have to have this whole intervention that it seems like Miguel was, was shooting for. What are your what are your feelings on that? I agree. That whole scenario of just Miles being his own individual, as you said, the the situation like your older brother or sister is in school before you and you even as a younger child you're kind of like all right i'm going to the teacher next year are they going to compare me to my sibling because we're not the same person and that's essentially what miles is saying like we're not the same people you guys may be okay with your father's dying not over here and you told me what i'm gonna go stop it and that's just normal human nature hopefully if you don't say bad to it's gonna happen you're gonna do the, your best <laughs> to prevent it and I love that for Miles. Like, all right, so you told me I can't go back. You're gonna hold me hostage here to let my dad die. No, I don't think so. I'm gonna escape. We're gonna get him out of here. Yeah. And then we'll deal with this later. But stop me if you would like to. Try your best. And he did. He brought all the spider men, spider people, spider society out, chased them down, and he made it back to his home. Air quotes. Yep. We'll talk about yep. it later. Uh, and. I think that's insane that we're going to let this happen because one guy of, of authority mm -hmm. who crowned himself that yeah. says so. 
I don't know his relationship with Jessica Drew. We assume that they know each other really well. I don't know where they connected. We don't know anything about them. Which yeah. is something very interesting. I have my own issues with Jessica Drew. And I love Issa Rae. Yeah. The character's not my personal favorite. Yeah. Um, I hope she comes through in the, the last one or the yes. next movie. Yeah. Um, I think she definitely needs some work there because she followed him without ever doubting him, it felt like. But Miguel's right. Mm-hmm. That was to Miguel. Once again, you guys are kids. You kids need to listen to him. He's right. And we're, there's no proof that he's correct mm-hmm. at all. We just got to follow his lead. Same. Like, I appreciated Jessica Drew that in the beginning, she saw in Gwen that her situation when dad was like, when that scene between Gwen and the father at the beginning, the father then starts like reading like the Miranda rights to the daughter. I was like, dang, this dude, this dude. (laughs) But then for Jessica to be like, yo, Miguel, she's got no one. She can't go back to her. We should. And it seemed like she was advocating for Gwen to come with him. That happens. And then when we see Miles, like we don't see that same, I don't want to say advocacy, but that's what is the, the thing that comes like you were ready to advocate for Gwen, but it doesn't seem like you're ready to advocate for, for Miles to be a part of it all. And it's like, why could you not have brought him in, explain everything to him, give him the benefit of the doubt that you did with like Gwen, and then be like, okay, we, 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 we gave you all the evidence. We spoke to you. How, however you react is how you choose to react, but none of that was, was done for us. So yeah, similar to yourself, I have some reservations and I'm hoping that they help us wreck it, help us reconcile why she did what she did, why she chose to make the choices that she made. I can assume like you're carrying life too. So your, your choices are going to be different there, but that's something I'm like, ah, that's tough to, (laughs) to, have sit with me too of like, man, I wish I wish you went as hard as you did for Gwen as you would for for Miles. For sure, for sure. Especially as a character a, a character of color, a black character. Yeah, a black like, woman. You know, this is your guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this could be your son. <laughs> right. And look at it from that way. And that just didn't get that from her at all. Oh, right. I can't watch this. Oh, I love Issa Rae, but <laughs> So I feel like now, let me get your thoughts on the spot. The spot. What did you think about this dude? Oh my gosh. I enjoyed the introduction to the spot. That ATM machine scene, hilarious. One. Yes. And we see that he's a joke. Essentially, yeah. we start, we look at him like, oh, this guy's a joke. Like, this is yep. the villain of the week. We're just, we're going to start off with some low level villain. And then we're going to get to the major villain later. That's kind of how mm-hmm. we start off with most of the Spider Man movies. The setup, yeah. Like a little low level criminal. And then we get to the Green Goblin or Doc Ock later on. Yeah. But for us to see the development of the spot from this every criminal of the week mentality to a mega villain to this huge threat to the whole Spider-Verse, to the world, it I love that development. And he's going through the same thing essentially that's, that Miles Morales is going through of yep. the fact that He's not being taken seriously. Miles like, criminal of the week. Threw a bag out the guy when I met him. Yep. He's, he's nobody. He's a joke. And people say the same thing about Miles. Don't take him seriously. Take Spider-Man seriously, but not Miles. Yeah, Miles yeah. Has a deep voice, so we'll talk to his dad, cop. <laughs> <laughs> take him seriously. 
But the spot tried to rob ATM machine, can't get the cash out. We're not taking him seriously at all. And then all he does, he wants to be seen. Miles wants to be seen. So yeah. the these characters align in so many different ways, even though one's a villain, essentially one's a superhero, we empathize with both of them mm-hmm. for wanting to be seen and want to be remembered and know that I had a life before this and you ruined that. You took that from me. And now he's going to take something from Miles. It's just this vendetta that Miles didn't see coming. No one else did. So towards the end, where we're seeing him collect his spots, which always sounds weird, um, you begin taking him seriously. Oh, this guy can really destroy everything. I'm hoping, I think Miguel's going to be the real villain of all this. I keep feeling as if Miguel and Spot are not the real villains. I, 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 my heart of hearts say, says, and maybe because it's the whole Wakanda Forever thing of like, you have these different groups, at least that's how my mind is looking at it, of you have these two different groups, minority groups that are going towards each other or being pitted against each other. But in reality, there's a true villain in the background who's puppeting things, um, uh, <laughs> puppeting things that's making these two groups go against each other or that's making or leading my, uh, Miguel to believe that he he needs to do the things that he's choosing to do. I don't feel like that's the the reality, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was saying um, right before that the thing that I, when I think about Spot, like him being considered this joke, not this true villain, again, air quotes, um, him not being taken seriously by Miles and everyone else, and then you see that development little by little, him coming into his own of learning, oh, I need more of the thing that I was sort of trying to reject in regards to the spots. That's going to be the true source of my power, me being able to do the things that I want to do. And seeing that sort of same mirror, um, if you will, in Miles of a person who, in the beginning, all of his powers, even him like with just the fingertips and then Hobie letting him like, nah, be <laughs> use your whole palm. Um yeah, that, that spot really is like the flip side of the coin of who Miles is and what he's going through. Um, and we, I love, like you said, that development of this, of this character who is taken as a joke. The number of times that our kiddos were laughing <laughs> when spot in that first scene when he's fighting Miles and like he accidentally kicks himself in the butt. Like it, yeah, he was a joke. And by the end of it, you were, you, we all felt as an audience like, Oh no, Spot's a real deal. Like when the hologram was saying, like he's jumping from here to here to here to here, here and through all the Spider Verses, um, really made it so that I know myself as one watching this, I was just like, oh, he really is all that. He's that dude. He could do all the things, um, not just all the things that Miguel is really afraid can happen. It's not Miles that you should be worried about, it's Spot you should be worried about. And why are you only sending Gwen to go take care of this? Why, again, like you were saying, this kiddo who's similar age in Miles, why do you trust her so much, but you don't trust Miles to be able to inform him of how he should go about, um, like, hey, this person who you think is a joke really is no joke. Like, you should be taking him a, a whole lot more seriously. For sure. So, yeah. When I, I, the situation with that is that they knew that this was Miles' universe. And they knew that her and Miles were friends. And like, don't go talk to Miles. Who does that? Using the teenager, who you trust, but not Miles, to go see 
or not see her friend and deal with this, who I assume they thought was a low-level villain as well at the time, but then realize how strong yeah. the spot is to go find him. Like, no, you could have sent Jessica Drew, could have sent Hobie, somebody who didn't have a connection to Miles, but he purposely put her in that mm-hmm. position, I feel like. Something else bigger is happening. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. So I had a problem. But yeah. yeah. Miguel has some very weird theories going on that I didn't agree with. For real, for real. Let us talk about Hobie. What are your feelings about this dude? The one and only fantastic Daniel Kaluuya voicing Hobie. Like, what do you feel about the this Hobie, one? Hobie Brown, amazing Spider Punk. One, love the fact that he's a black character that plays like this punk rock role. But you still don't feel yeah. a little different for a black person to be taken seriously in the punk rock environment. And the fact that he's equally as cool with the mask on and off. And the animation on him, I think, is my favorite part of Hobie. The color, the contrast, talk about the it, talk slowness about it. of his movements. It's just that he's out of place. Even within the Spider Society, he doesn't fit in anywhere. He's surrounded by Spider People. Yeah, he's like, hey, listen, I don't listen to the man. What am I going to do? <laughs> but yet, does, he helps Miguel all the time, but still, like, oh, I don't want to say anything that guy says. Yeah. And to watch yeah. him seamlessly help Miles throughout this movie without anyone else noticing. Everyone else is in your face. But you see Hobie grabbing certain devices to help later on Miles build this contraption or Gwen build this contraption to help get to the the dips for dimensions. And the fact that he's telling Miles, hey, dude, use your full power. Like, listen, don't use your fingertips. Use what you got. Use your whole palm. I'm going to help you out. And he yeah. subtle many moments from Hobie. He was a supporting actor in this movie. But yet, stole the scene every time he was around. And I loved it. Um, and it's not that Gwen's wearing his shoes. Whatever's happening there, we're not going to talk about it. Like, it's not happening. Gwen is at the bottom of my list right now. Hobie, it's Miles Morales for number one, number two fight. You, you know what? As you were talking about Hobie and all his fantastic characteristics, um, how from the jump, again, we as the audience are sort of made to feel at least i was made to feel like oh hobie is like competition with miles when in reality the moment hobie meets miles like he's working in concert with him like you said hey homie like you you've got it like the fingertips are the start but use your palm that's a whole lot better like from the the jump that when he crashed through that force field um the first time they were in uh encountering spot like hobie didn't try to take his shine he was just giving him these these pointers so but we're made to feel like oh hobie is the dude that's keeping or hobie's in between miles and gwen this this bond this connection that could have been like he's the reason why it's not there you know from like we said um the sneakers and the jumper what's a jumper blah 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 but now that i think about it as you were talking about i'm like yo when gwen first comes back she jumps into miles room she got her feet up on his bed and then she also like took his collection his action like and took it out of the package like i we all heard the audible gasp from the kiddos who must have been like themselves collectors of like knowing like <gasps> like what are you doing like talk about and then similarly to i think of a kiddo who likes to draw and she has her own sketchbook and I have to ask, like, hey, kiddo, can I look through your sketchbook? 
Because obviously that's personal to you. Whatever you're sketching or drawing in there, like, means something to you. And for her to just be so, like, a l'aise, like, easy, like, going through this sketchbook of his, opening his his collection, his action figure, and taking it out of the, the packaging, putting her, her sneakers and her kicks on the boy's bed, like, all these things just makes me think now, like, did Hobie really give you those kicks? Or did you just, like, oh, I like those kicks, and so I just took them. And part of me is feeling like that's what she might have, she must have done because we also see her take Miles' sweater at the end when she's going to talk to the parents as if it's her own. Like she's just willy nilly, like colonizer, just going and just taking stuff without asking anyone anything. And now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, that's a really good setup of like commentary about like how some some folks will just want to take without asking permission as to because they feel entitled to be able to do whatever they they like to do and from the jump that was not the case with hobie hobie was never in competition with miles he was only there to to help him up a true like black solidarity of like i'm big brother i've been doing this for a couple of years you really don't want to be a part of this you really want to be doing your own thing here are some pointers here's how you can do better think about this think about this do this with your whole palm and it was him who took all those little pieces created the watch in the moment miguel and the rest of the spider people were like we're going after miles that's when hobie's mm-hmm. like all right i'm gonna dip out i'm out i quit i i love that commentary on gwen let's start there as a funko pop collector the pain that yes, I felt yes. when she ripped this collectible, this action figure open. Like, why are you not playing with it? First of all, he's a teenager. And it's there. What made you think that you had the right to go to anybody's stuff and start opening things? I've had my guys start opening my yeah. Funko Pops. I almost cried. <laughs> I felt the pain. Yeah. And so, and, the, and yeah. I never taught that. That's a great commentary on the fact that she just has like this ownership over everybody and everything. Should have walked through here and just let me grab this, grab your sweater. Oh, look, you drew lots of pictures. But why are you going to do someone's equivalent of their journal? Yeah. And yeah. this thinking that you have ownership over it, what is the official villain for me now? You have you have the victim. Mm. Like, <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode.